0: Hi, everyone. Dr. B here. Thank you so much again for joining me for another episode of Ask the Dentist. So just a quick note before we get into this episode, I, I think you'll find this episode very interesting. Anyone that uses a toothbrush and or toothpaste, one or the other or both, will be susceptible to this condition. I actually suffer from it a little bit. And it's it's a question. That Caroline asks, it's a question that we should all be asking of our toothpaste and toothbrush manufacturers, of our dentists, and and I'm going to help you kind of unpack all of that and and give you resources so that you can answer the question readily for yourself. Whatever whatever toothpaste you have sitting on your counter, I, we should be able to figure out whether it's it's the right one or the wrong one to be using. So so that's a pretty pretty broad pretty broad and important topic for oral health. But before before we get into that, before we get to Caroline's question, I would like to very quickly add, I've been getting a lot of questions and I greatly appreciate that. But some of the questions are quite long and they are about multiple topics or there are several questions in that one question. So, those are difficult for me to answer. I would have to edit them and sometimes the break just isn't right and it doesn't do justice to one or the other questions in in that tape or or in that segment and and it would be easier if you just ask a single question just stick to one topic that would help me greatly and if you want to ask two or three or four questions that's fine just do them when you go to speakpipe.com i'll give you the link at the end of this episode just ask multiple questions but that way i can just stick that one question it's a lot simpler and I don't have to edit anything out so again I greatly appreciate that and again thanks for all the questions it's I, I love hearing your voices I love hearing what's on your mind what's you know what is on America's mind for example in terms of world health that helps me do what I do and that is working with other functional dentists providing uh, information via a blog, a podcast, writing, doing other podcasts, and 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 of course, being a clinician as well. So, it helps me greatly. And and by the way, just one last quick note, I, I looked at all the stats on our podcast and the number one city listening to this podcast is New York. So, a big shout out to New York. My daughter lives in Brooklyn, one of my daughters, and I visit there once or twice a year. Love the place. So So, glad all of you in New York City are listening. So, let's get right to Caroline's question and let's get to answering some really important stuff about toothpaste abrasion although we'll touch on toothbrush abrasion but abrasion these are oral products that were being sold Really, a bill of goods. In many cases, I'll, I'll I'll tell you which brands to stay away from. And these these toothpastes can actually cause a lot of damage in our mouth, and and in a very short period of time, they can cause sensitivity, and they can certainly have an impact on your dental bill. So, anyway, great question, Caroline. Here she is. Is Boca considered an abrasive toothpaste? Caroline, great question. This is a question we all need to ask of ourselves. I'm hoping that at the end of this podcast that you rush over to your bathroom and you check out the degree of abrasivity of your toothpaste. And, and in this episode, we are going to explain to you how to do that. So, the answer to your question, Caroline, is 45. I know that doesn't give you much context, by, but by the end of this episode, I hope you have enough context. Uh, 45 is not a bad number, but I'm going to give you context on that. So, so the abrasivity measurements are in the toothpaste world are given in what's known as an R RDA value. That's the that's the relative scale of abrasivity. And RDA stands for relative dentin abrasivity. Now you'll notice that the word dentin is in there not enamel and I'm going to explain that. So so how hard is a tooth? Uh, we've I been telling all of you that it's the hardest substance in the body. It's pretty durable. It's meant to last a lifetime. Most of the time it does. But how hard is enamel? It's harder than bone. Certainly, uh, we measure things uh, in, in when it comes to a crystalline structure, which is what Two structure is we have what's called the Mohs unit. I remember that in dental school, there were a few other units we use, but this is how we rate the hardness of a crystalline structure. So the Mohs hardness of a diamond—let's use that as a reference, right? Hardest substance known to man, right? At least natural substance. The Mohs hardness of a scale of the hardness uh, of a diamond is ten. So, the Mohs hardness of glass is five. Okay, so we're beginning to get some context here. How do teeth fall into that? Well, I think you're going to be surprised. The Mohs hardness of tooth enamel is five. It's as hard as glass. That's pretty impressive, although glass is brittle. If you drop it, it breaks. But if you were to take a wire brush – to glass, it, it holds up pretty well, certainly not like a diamond. The Mohs hardness of dentin, which is the underlying structure of the tooth, it's near the gum line, it's the root structure of the tooth. It's only 50% calcified where enamel is almost 100% calcified. That Mohs hardness rating is 2.5. So, that's pretty low. And let's let's use a reference point there, sodium bicarbonate. Baking soda has a Mohs hardness value. That's the hardness of the particle. The substance of, of of baking soda is 2.5. Now, a lot of people think, and I see this on the web all the time, don't brush with, you know, baking soda. I do recommend baking soda in certain circumstances. It's a great pH leveler, and uh, it can it can help a lot. You can brush with it. Same thing with salt. But the hardness value of of baking soda is 2.5 and that's the same as Denton. That's a little worrisome, right? But the RDA value is seven on a scale of one to, I think it's 250. It's very, very low. So I'm not worried about baking soda, but this hopefully gives you some, some perspective, some context on the hardness of things. So enamel is pretty hard, but it's not as hard as a diamond, but it's as hard as glass. So now let's talk about what the the abrasivity indexes are of the things that we brush up against or hold up against with an electric toothbrush, with a manual toothbrush, up against our enamel and our dentin. Again, hardness of 5.0 and 2.5. What can the tooth take? Okay, so before we get into a discussion of what to use, what's abrasive, what's not, let's look at a list of the relative dentin abrasion values for toothpaste. And these lists are readily available online. I'm going to send you my favorite and but you can certainly look at others and and by looking at many of these different uh, lists uh, you may get a more complete In other words, you may not find your toothpaste on my list, but you may find it on another list. But this list will get you going, and it'll give you an idea of what to Google. So so let's start off with the scale. So this is a relative scale. It starts at zero, and the FDA upper limit that's allowable is 200. And of course, the American Dental Association thinks that 250 is okay. I'm going to talk more about that. So, we're talking about a scale of, let's say, zero to 200. I'm going to ignore that American Dental Association upper limit of 250. It's ridiculous. But again, more on that later. So, okay. So, a toothbrush with plain water has an abrasivity of four. That's pretty low. We talked about baking soda. That was seven. Now, the, the first number I gave, four, toothbrush with plain water. Really what you're doing there is measuring the abrasivity of nylon bristles on your teeth. And so there's some variability there. If it's an old toothbrush and very worn, that could be higher. If it's a very high-quality toothbrush and your technique is good and safe, we'll talk a little bit about that as well, then it's going to be less than four. But four and seven, these are very low numbers. I'm not worried about it. Arm and hammer. A lot of you may use that. It's an 8. Walita salt toothpaste. Again, it has salt in it, very low, 15, a relative index or number of 15. You know, Walita is a natural tooth product. It's at 30. I I mentioned that Boca was 45. Um, Oxyfresh, a lot of people like Oxyfresh. That's that stabilized chlorine dioxide. I'm not very fond of that of that mechanism for use for bad breath. But I did sell that in my practice long ago. That That's 45. Rembrandt Original, which was a toothpaste designed or originally made by a dentist in Santa Maria, California. That's pretty low, 53, even though that was considered to be a whitening toothpaste. Uh, Toms main children's toothpaste, 57. We're getting a little high here. Colgate Sensitive Enamel Protect. That's a toothpaste for sensitive teeth. I'm going to talk more about that as well. I have sensitive teeth. I have I'm guilty of overbrushing and using abrasive toothpaste way back when, before and even after I graduated from dental school. Rembrandt mint is a little bit higher at 63. Then you get into your regular generic Colgates. The Colgate regular total, Colgate total, those are all below the threshold of 70. And by the way, 0 to 70 is considered to be a low abrasive toothpaste. 71 to 100 is medium abrasive. Well, 101 to 150 is highly abrasive. And 151 to 250 is regarded as a harmful limit. I don't know what that means, but it's pretty high. And again, the ADA upper limit is 250. The FDA upper limit is 200. There are some very common toothpastes in that category. I'm going to get to that in just a minute here. So, Okay, so we just kind of went through a list of the low abrasive toothpastes. Let's now talk about medium abrasive. Biotene. Biotene is for dry mouths. I don't. I recommend biotene, but I recommend the gel, not the toothpaste. Sensodyne is a toothpaste for sensitive teeth. It has pyrophosphates in it, but it is abrasive. And there's a little bit of a mismatch there. Why would you want an abrasive toothpaste for someone who's suffering from sensitive teeth? Again, I'm going to talk more about that. Close-up. Colgate Sensitive Maximum Strength, again, another toothpaste for sensitive teeth. Why wouldn't the abrasivity scale be very, very low for someone with sensitive teeth? Tom Zemaine is in there. Rembrandt Intense Stain. Again, you're going to start seeing more of these whitening formulas, anti-stain toothpaste. They don't work. The only reason they work is because they're very abrasive. They're scraping that pellicle down and scraping stain off the teeth. Sensodyne fresh mint, another sensitive tooth product. Aquafresh, sensodyne, Tomzamine, Rembrandt plus, oxyfresh with fluoride. Interestingly, their product with fluoride goes up into a different into the middle category of abrasivity. That's interesting. Let's see what else. Okay, so now we are into the highly abrasive list. You're gonna see Colgate whitening, crest extra whitening, ultra bright. Crest Pro Health, Colgate Total Whitening, Crest Pro Health Enamel Shield, Pepsodent. By the way, Pepsodent, that's on the very upper end of highly abrasive. It's at 150. And Pepsodent was one of the first toothpastes invented back before – I think it was World War II where a lot of the GIs were pretty – they had a lot of oral health issues because we weren't really brushing as a nation. And so, the government actually said, please come up with – they reached out to corporations and they said, we need an oral health solution where the GIs come in with better health because a GI on the front lines with tooth pain is it has historically never worked well. And so, Pepsodent, they had that byline of feel the glean, I think, or feel the – feel the clean. I mean, you literally, your teeth would feel polished and no pellicle, no biofilm. They would feel very, very smooth because the toothpaste was so abrasive. Again, on the upper scale of highly abrasive. And then you get into the upper echelons here of uh, what's considered uh, as a harmful limit or approaching it, and that's crest, sensitive whitening. Again, a sensitive... Toothpaste that whitens that has high abrasivity—it's ridiculous. Those—that's—it's—it's it, it's a complete mismatch of what you want the toothpaste to do. It's—it's it's dangerous and it creates more sensitivity. Whitening in itself causes sensitivity. The hydrogen peroxide-based products. Crest Pro Health is here. Colgate Total Advanced Fresh. Crest Pro Health Whitening. Colgate Tartar Control. Yeah, let's let's get some sandpaper in there and scrape away that tartar. Uh, Arm and Hammer's here. Nature's Gate paste, Colgate Two in One Tartar Control and Whitening. You know this toothpaste should be making coffee for you in the morning. I I mean, at this for this cost, and then of course, and that's at two hundred. That Colgate Two in One Tartar Control and Whitening is at two hundred, which is the FDA upper limit. Of course, ADA upper limit is quite a bit higher than that. So that kind of gives you a range of of where all these toothpaste fall and Boca falls at 45 kind of right in the middle of the low abrasive category. So and 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 so does Risewell. Risewell does as well. And I mention these toothpaste because I do recommend I use Boca and Risewell also I like it because it has hydroxyapatite in it. Again, it's not a perfect toothpaste. It's got a lot of glycerin. It does have surfactants and emulsifiers in it, but the fact that it's not abrasive, it does not have fluoride in it, and it has that wonderful miracle ingredient of hydroxyapatite, which does rebuild your teeth. It works very well. And it works well for me, Boca, the nano hydroxyapatite particle size, because I have sensitive teeth. I was an aggressive. Vigorous brusher as a kid and I used cheap toothbrushes and I used Colgate and Crest and 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 that literally has not worn down my enamel It has worn down my dentin at the base of the roots at, at the base of the enamel Of the crown of the tooth the natural crown of the tooth and by doing so and over time with age You get a little recession those surfaces can become very sensitive to cold and you know acidic drinks etc uh, just breathing in cold air so the boca really keeps that under control because it's not abrasive it's not creating any additional abrasion to tooth a toothpaste abrasion to my root surfaces but it's also replenishing and the term in dentistry is obturating it's filling those little voids with this hydroxyapatite, it's basically calcium. Biomimetic, natural calcium that's already in your teeth. I'm refilling all those little holes that are very sensitive. It's like a porous a porous surface. When it's porous, the hot and cold can come through. So, so that's why I use that. Remember I mentioned a lot of these other higher abrasive toothpaste that are designed for sensitive teeth? Why would you use an abrasive toothpaste, even though it may have fluoride in it or Or these pyrophosphates, these other minerals that are trying to obturate or occlude, fill those porosities. And then you're brushing with a toothpaste that just creates those porosities again. And that's where I, for example, crest-sensitive whitening. Whitening is very sensitive to the teeth. It makes the teeth very cold-sensitive and achy. And you've got an abrasivity scale of 152, which is at the bottom of the harmful limit category. And you're trying to whiten your teeth, but it's for sensitive teeth. You are, please take this for what you will. And you've heard me say this before. I'll only say it once, although I say it often. You're being sold a bill of goods. These toothpaste companies, they put these... These toothpaste at the higher abrasivity scales because the initial response to you, to the lay person, to the person who is using toothpaste is, oh, wow, amazing. My biofilm has been scraped down. Well, guess what? It grows back in 10, 15 minutes. It may not grow back to an optimal state. Again, I'm referring to the oral microbiome and And then, of course, you can have sensitive teeth, and then they're throwing in all sorts of other claims, anti-tartar, whitening, you know, desensitizing teeth, which probably by using their toothpaste, their previous versions of it or the current one, you they caused your sensitivity. So, okay. That's enough ranting on that, but I did want to uh, throw that in there. Be careful. Uh, If you do have sensitive teeth, make sure you're using a very low abrasive toothpaste with lots of hydroxyapatite in it. If you're using a a prescription-strength fluoridated toothpaste and you're an adult, that also works, but the hydroxyapatite is better. It's safer, especially if you swallow it. Or if you use a lot of it, because a lot of this stuff gets absorbed through your oral mucosa, all the tissues in your mouth. So anyway, that gives us a little context as to the abrasivity scale or the RDA for BOCA as well as for Risewell. Again, my two currently my two favorite toothpastes. Of course, I use BOCA as I've mentioned before. So now let's just discuss a few more things and what to look for and what your plan of action should be in regards to picking a toothpaste so that you don't polish away your teeth and your roots and make your teeth sensitive. So earlier I mentioned really that, well, I implied this, the dentin or the root structure of the tooth is most affected by toothpaste abrasion. Enamel is pretty resistant. Again, it's like glass. The hardness value of of, uh, enamel is similar to glass. It's 5 But you do have to worry about your dentin or the root structure of your teeth. And especially if you're overbrushing and you've exposed some of your root structure due to recession, gum recession. As we age, there's always a little bit of gum recession. We can accelerate that, of course, by overbrushing, by getting gum disease or not treating gum disease, certainly trauma, eating certain foods and tearing the gum tissue. It doesn't quite heal as high up as it should. So the reason I'm bringing this up is that this means that any toothpaste with a, a an RDA value or higher RDA value than seven has the potential to cut dentin. Should that worry us? I'm not worried. I've been using toothpaste with RDA of 50 and less for for a long time. I've recommended this to to patients, of course, and they've gone from like values of 200, 150, 100, and there is a remarkable difference between the the two. So, if you can keep it below 50 – I actually would prefer 30 for some people and in some cases I would recommend something closer to 0 and maybe not using toothpaste. I have made that recommendation often to people. There are some people that should not be using toothpaste or at least for a period of time because it is abrasive, just brushing and flossing. But but my point is is that okay, so if if with an uh, with a toothpaste of an RDA value of 7, which is most toothpaste, and baking soda, right, That's that has an RDA value of 7. That has the potential to cut dentin. So, what is the other factor or factors in creating this problem of abrasion? So, research shows that 50% of toothpaste abrasion occurs within the first 10 to 15 seconds of brushing. That makes sense because you've got the big glob of toothpaste on your brush and, and you're going in there and attacking a certain area. Typically, it's the same area. Because of muscle memory. And so that area gets more aware than other areas. And then by that time, the toothpaste is going to dissipate and dissolve in the mouth. Saliva gets mixed into the equation and the RDA drops. The, uh, the value of abrasivity of that toothpaste drops as it gets diluted. That's, that's pretty obvious, right? So it's important. And here's the other part of the equation. It's important. It's not just toothpaste. Pick a toothpaste with low RDA, but also make sure, pay attention to your toothbrush. How old is your toothbrush? If it's more than six weeks old, I, I know a lot of people are going to complain about this or comment on it because it's expensive. Tooth, toothbrushes are expensive, but typically those nylon bristles do wear a good, a very high quality toothpaste made by a, a caring manufacturer has end-rounded, polished, uh, hemispherical tips uh, on the each end of their bristles, and so they're very soft and and rounded. That that wears down again. Enamel is hard. Enamel is very hard. Nylon is soft, and the enamel literally breaks down and wears the nylon into flat little knife-edged cylinders. Those little bristles, and that starts cutting away at your root surface. So you could be using a very low. RDA value toothpaste and still be getting tooth sensitivity because you're brushing too hard and you're you're, you're using a low quality toothbrush or a worn out toothbrush. So, every six to 12 uh, weeks, replace that toothbrush. If you see your bristles kind of leaning sideways and bent over, you're brushing too hard. So, Again, be careful in the beginning. Uh, I would wet your toothbrush. Again, wetting it with water helps lower that RDA value. Maybe you've got a lot of saliva in your mouth as you start brushing. That helps. Let the toothpaste spread around a little bit and then start gently brushing with the toothpaste. So, yeah, be very careful. That toothbrush-toothpaste interface... And that area that gets hit first will see the most uh, abrasivity damage, and I can sometimes see that in patients. They'll they'll ask. You know, they'll tell me that a specific area is more sensitive than other areas. And I will literally give them a toothbrush and say, can you just show me how you brush? I'm not looking at that point, at least. I'm not looking at how they brush. I'm looking at where they're starting to brush. And nine times out of 10, the area where they start brushing is the area that has the sensitivity. So, so I hope that's a good tip for everyone. Spread it out, mix it up. I always tell people that if they're right-handed, brush with their left hand. Uh, because you're not going to brush as hard. Mix it up a little bit. That's always a good thing. And replace that toothbrush as often as you can. And if you're using an electric toothbrush, those, those toothbrush heads are expensive. I realize that. Try for at least every three months. If it's a high-quality toothbrush brand, three months typically is okay, as long as you're not beating up the toothbrush itself. In other words, pushing too hard. So there's one last thing I want to add before we end this episode, and this applies to my personal experience. Again, I told you earlier that I was a very aggressive brusher for a long time. I was just trying to do my best. And and uh, I have sensitive teeth. And uh, if, I'm, if I don't use hydroxyapatite twice a day and right before I go to bed, I don't rinse out. I just spit out the toothpaste, but I don't rinse with water. I want that residual effect. I put my mouth guard in, my uh, sleep appliance in, which covers both the upper and lower arches, the teeth. So, that hydroxyapatite is working all night long. And of course, mouth taping prevents my mouth from drying out. So that can make teeth more sensitive. We've talked about that in previous episodes. So it's important to think of my situation. And that is if I'm using a a sensitive brand toothpaste that's very abrasive, as I mentioned earlier, that's not a good idea. So obviously, I think we all understand that. And so Boca works well with an RDA45 for me, although I wish it was a little bit lower. However, here's something I recommend to my patients and I'm going to recommend to you for people that have, have very sensitive teeth. In other words, they've come in, they show me the toothpaste they're using, I look up the RDA, I'm shocked at how high it is. Typically, it's a whitening toothpaste. Everybody wants whiter teeth, uh, coffee drinkers, tea drinkers, smokers, cigar smokers, even vapors. They, they, there's a lot of stain and these very abrasive toothpastes can whiten your teeth they're not whitening your teeth they're scraping off the stain that's caused by all these tannins and and ingredients in 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 these beverages and and tobacco products that we use in, in our in our in our daily lives. So, so again, the the market responds to what they know you will respond to and buy, and that's a mistake. They're not really looking out for you. Using those toothpastes are going to bring you in to see me, any dentist. And this is one of the most. Common chief complaints, my teeth are really sensitive. So we go over the toothpaste, we go over brushing, the techniques, you know, length of time, force of brushing, speed, strokes per minute, rotary, circular brushing, even flossing can can, can help in, in that regard. Soda consumption, acidic drinks, dry mouth, you know, is your mouth open all night long, dryness of the mouth, pH Uh, Acidic pH uh, balances in the mouth. Recent bleaching, for example. A lot of these toothpastes are trying to bleach your teeth and desensitize your teeth at the same time. You can't do both at the same time. One makes the other worse. Actually, the whitening aspect makes your teeth more sensitive. So, So... Here's what I recommend. So, one of the first things I do, because I know it's, it's going to convince the patient that I'm right, that the diagnosis is correct, that we've discovered what the root cause is of the sensitive teeth, nine times out of ten. There can also be other issues, root canals, pulpitis, and, you know, pathological sources. For tooth sensitivity, but if it's generally a certain area and and they've demonstrated that they go to that area first or there are signs of toothbrush abrasion or toothpaste abrasion, then what I recommend is throw away your toothpaste. Throw away your toothpaste. Stop using it for six weeks. And if it's a severe case, I recommend uh, a recipe of these little coconut pole I call them pastules, but they're they're like little – you, you, you may, I have a recipe online. I'm going to give you this recipe. I'm going to give you the link to the recipe. One is with L-arginine, which helps remineralization, and one is without. The reason we have that is because the L-arginine was difficult to get and to source, and we didn't want people not to do it because they couldn't get it. These are little coconut poles and a little round ball that you make and you put in the freezer or the refrigerator. I've used it before. If I've had a really dry mouth, I've been skiing a lot, exercising a lot, it's the middle of the winter, I'm up in, in the mountains, uh, forgot my mouth tape. You know, these things really work. I'll stop using toothpaste or I'll squeeze in a little bokeh with a hydroxyapatite, rinse with it. I won't brush with it. I'll spit it out and then I'll use these little coconut pulls. That's exactly what oil pulling is great for. It It helps remove and thin down the pellicle without having to brush with toothpaste. You can still use your toothbrush. But use these little coconut little pastules. Again, I forget the term we used in the recipe, but you'll see it. The URL will be there. These are wonderful. Patients love these. I've made them before. Once The first time, it's a little complicated, but after you've got, gotten used to making it, I always keep some in the fridge. And it's great for people that drink a lot of orange juice, they have grapefruit juice in the morning, or they eat half a grapefruit. All that acid damage, sensitive teeth. If you tell them to stop, if, if if you stop brushing with toothpaste, doesn't matter really what the RDA value is. Obviously, it works better if the RDA value is higher, and most toothpastes are over a hundred. And you start using these little these little coconut chews, coconut oil pulling chews. That's what they're called. Within days, the sensitivity goes away. And I have them hang in there for six weeks. And then we switch them over to a hydroxyapatite-based toothpaste with an RDA value of less than 100 and all is well. So, if that worked for me long ago. I still make make those chew poles. I make them for guests. I make them for patients sometimes. They're easy to make and I highly recommend it. What we really need, and I'm working on it, is we need a coconut pole chew that has hydroxyapatite in it and again that's hard to source at this point for the layperson but I'm working on that it'd be great to be able to sell that and you can make this again these DIY recipes on our website are very very popular I'm I'm always so surprised and kudos to you for looking uh, for taking control of making your own oral products again they say that you know, you're going to live longer and be healthier if you cook all your own food from Whole Foods instead of relying on pre-prepared food. Same thing with oral products. So, so look look that up. I would love your feedback on it. And I do recommend those. And now now you have an idea of what toothpaste abrasion is all about. You can pull up this list that, again, I've included in the show notes and see where you fall. If you can't find your toothpaste in there and you really like it, reach out to me. I'll try and I, I have connections in the industry. I can I can find out for you what the RDA is. I already may know as well. So so I hope I hope that explains a very important crucial component of oral health. And there's no pathological origin or infectious origin for this, but it is important. Again, this is a man-made thing. We are brushing and flossing and using abrasive toothpaste. That's what the first toothpaste was. Pepsodent. It was designed to scrape away that biofilm. Back then, we had no idea about the oral microbiome. We thought we were doing the right thing. And then the industry ran with it and they have made billions of dollars based on products that really probably are not good for you. Thank goodness we've got boutique companies out there making toothpaste. They keep popping up all the time. So, this is a great thing. One last thing I want to add. Another great product. Let's say a lot of patients, readers, listeners will ask, okay, I, I do my lemon juice in the morning. This is a perfect example. Do I brush my teeth afterwards? Most of you know the answer is no. You wait 45 minutes. But what if you wanted to stabilize your pH? I tell you, I would recommend that you rinse with water, Uh, Maybe alkaline water, swish a little bit. That's what typically most people do. But now, Risewell has a little hydroxyapatite mint. It's a little little too minty for me, but the concept is wonderful. I've been using it. My wife uses it after her lemon juice in the morning. Uh, You just chew on this mint with hydroxyapatite in it. And uh, it's pH stabilizing and it gets that remineralizing agent right in there when your teeth are at their most vulnerable and they've been slightly demineralized. So, that's a great idea. And again, why does that work so well? Why am I recommending that? Well, because toothpaste is very abrasive. So, is brushing the two together. You don't want to do right after you've been exposed or exposed your teeth, your enamel, your dentin to an acid attack and because that's when your teeth are very vulnerable you could literally scrape away more vital tooth structure so anyway there you have it i'm don't want to belabor this anymore but uh, would love to hear more about how you're handling this and what toothpaste you're using at home keep the rda as low as you possibly can brush properly use a new toothbrush as often as you can use a high quality toothbrush and just don't hang on to it too long again there you have it. How to brush your teeth and not wear away your enamel and dentin. Thanks, Caroline, for that question. Very straightforward, but it led to lots of great teaching moments and allowed me to bring up a lot of things that, that I think of, you know, with my own sensitive teeth and how I've handled it for patients, for myself. And simple question, but a lot of ramifications as to how abrasive our toothpastes are. If you have a question like this, please go to SpeakPipe. Dot com slash askthedentist. Uh, we've written about a lot of abrasivity with tooth brushing, toothbrushes, toothpaste. Go to our website, askthedentist.com. If your dentist or hygienist really doesn't have a lot of information about this or doesn't seem, doesn't think this is a real issue, maybe you should be looking for a functionally minded dentist. Again, this is the root cause for a lot of pain in dentistry. And, you know, if they're jumping right to, oh, you've got some pathology, uh, pulpitis, you need a root canal, or maybe you have a cavity, they're taking x-rays, you know, let's start with this first. This doesn't require a lot of testing and a lot of expensive procedures let's rule this out first. And and if you're looking for someone like that with a cautious kind of root cause approach, go to askthedentist.com slash directory. Again, I appreciate you listening. I hope this was helpful. It's what I'm here for. I want to kind of elucidate and really make oral health approachable, interesting if possible. Sometimes it is. Most of the time it isn't, you know, for most. But but it's it's a crucial part of our overall health. Again, as I always say, if you heard me say, you know, it, if what happens in the mouth happens in the body, so keep that in mind. Keep up the the good work and and asking your dentist and your hygienist these questions and asking questions like Caroline did. I mean, it's pretty, you know, it's, it kind of flies below the radar, but it's an important question. How abrasive is our toothpaste? And and so that that was very helpful and. Again, thank you for the question. Keep them coming. Have a safe and happy New Year 2022. Hopefully, the Omicron is going to switch us over from pandemic to to endemic and we can all get out a little bit more and uh, and if you're not seeing your dentist because you're afraid of catching the Omicron, one of the safest places you can be is at your dentist. There's all sorts of data supporting that. So, so oral health is important. In fact, if you don't have good oral health, you're more susceptible to flu bug, uh, any kind of bacterial infections, pneumonia, and uh, of course, including Omicron and and COVID and all of that. So anyway, I think I've said enough. I really appreciate your time and your attention. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Stay safe. Hi everyone! I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com/directory and search our Find a Dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.